Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Hello, Local Church family. My name is Alicia. For those of you who I haven't had the pleasure to meet, I love that our family is growing and when we open again, I cannot wait to meet some of you. Well, I am continuing our series on the practice of biblical living. And today, our practical life tool is prayer. And so I'm going to jump right in. I'm going to look at Romans 12, 12 right now. And it says that we are to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. But I don't know about you, but many of us haven't really been taught how to be faithful in prayer. We know we're supposed to pray. We're told to pray. um, But today, I'm hoping that we can unpack it a little bit so that it can be a practical tool for us so that we can know what we're being faithful to. So let's pray. It's kind of funny. We're going to pray as we start to learn about prayer. Anyways, (laughs) Lord, I just want to thank you for this day and all that you have for us in store. And God, even right now, I just pray that you would bring your word to life. I pray that you would even make prayer really fun for some of us that maybe prayer has not been something that we found to be even joyful. Maybe it's been something that's been really intimidating And God, we just thank you for the ability to connect with you and speak with you and hear from you, Lord. It is one of the most beautiful things of having a father that wants to hear from us. And so we invite you to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, like most of Paul's books, I love Romans because he, like this is the thing about Paul. He always gives, you know, what we're to do, you know, all these tips and tools, but then he gives practical things. And so we're going to just break apart this small verse from Romans 12, 12, and it might look short, but it's actually quite profound because all three connect. It's easy to pull, you know, one part of that, but I think actually the two before faithful and prayer are really important. So the first is that we're to be joyful in hope. doesn't command us to be happy, but actually to be joyful in hope. And our hope is Jesus. And actually, if we have our joy anchored in Jesus, that means that when affliction happens, which is trials and issues, then we have the ability to be patient because we know where our joy is. We know where we're anchored to. It doesn't make it easy, but it does make it a bit simpler to walk through. So I just want to be really clear. It doesn't mean when affliction comes, we're like, wow, because of this joy, this is very easy. But actually, instead when affliction comes, we have something to look back on and go, well, actually, because of my joy that's anchored in Jesus, I can be patient through this trial. And then lastly, we're to be faithful in prayer. And to be faithful in prayer means that we will look to prayer, I think actually in those moments of affliction, in those moments of joy, it'll be something that we'll be faithful to do, which means that we do it when we're supposed to. And so I don't know about you, but I can remember seasons of my life where I'd be in like a small group situation as a new believer and you know when they're looking for someone to pray. You know, the person's like scanning the room and I'd I'd do this. Like I'd look down, check my phone randomly, go to the bathroom all of a sudden so that I wouldn't have to be chosen. And I can tell you now that prayer is one of the things that I love the most to teach on, to talk about, to share with other people about, to do. And I used to think it was only for like the elders in the church, those that are really special, that have a deeper connection with the Lord, maybe because they're going to be with him sooner. I don't know what I believe. But I thought it was just for like the older, mature people in the church. Those were the ones that could really hear. Those were the ones that could go to Jesus. 
But I learned quickly that prayer was actually something he longed for all of us to do. And so I'm going to give us three practical tools today. Honestly, I could, I would chat with you about prayer for hours and hours. Don't worry, I'm not going to. I have a time limit. <laughs> but today I'm just going to pick three simple tools that you can actually apply to your Christian walk so that you can grow in prayer. And then maybe when we do another sermon or the next time I see you in person, you know, even in our friendship or our chats, we can go even deeper in the idea of prayer. But for now, we're going to look at three might sound simple tools and we're going to jump right in. So point one, if you're taking notes, prayer takes discipline. You know, just like everything in our Christian walk, prayer takes practice and it requires consistency, faithfulness, like Paul said. And this is like anything. I mean, really, that's not just our Christian walk. If you want to have a fitness journey, if you want to eat well, if you want to be a better parent, if you want to work on your marriage, if you want to be a better artist, all of those things take discipline and consistency. And this is the thing. I can remember like two years ago, I decided that I was going to, you know, start working out and eating well. Oh my goodness, the roadblock seemed so huge. What I was up against seemed so big. But actually, with consistency and discipline, Things that never felt normal feel normal. It feels normal for me to do, you know, planks and bicep curls and squats. Those never, ever felt normal. And to be honest, if someone would have said, oh, this will feel normal for you, I would have said, yeah, I can't imagine that. And so you might actually feel like, well, prayer doesn't feel normal and natural to me. That's okay. It's going to take discipline and consistency so that it becomes more natural. So what does that mean? You know, for a lot of us, we've heard that scripture, and this is actually in Matthew 6, 7. It says, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. And so I've heard a lot of people actually teach on this or share about this and say, well, when I pray, I make sure it's short and sweet. And of course, we can be short and sweet with our prayers, but our Father in heaven is not saying that he doesn't want to hear from you or that your prayers have to be of a certain time constraint. He's actually referring to the way that people used to worship false gods. And so if you look at 1 Kings 18 to 26, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. But this is actually when, this is when Elijah takes on the prophets of Baal. And they're worshiping false gods, which is Baal. And it says, and they took the bull that was given them, prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, many hours. And this is what they shouted, oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no sound and no one answered. And so what they did was they just said the same thing over and over and over and hoping that their God would hear them. You know, for a lot of us, I think sometimes we want something formulated. We want something like that's a ritual so that we can say it right, so that we can say it and hopefully God hears us. But he didn't give us, you know, certain formulated prayers. Yes, he says, you can pray like this, you know, our Father who art in heaven but actually, it's also a conversation, and we know that because when Jesus interacted with the Father, sometimes all he said was, Father, please forgive them. Short and simple, but definitely not a formula because it was a conversation. And so we're going to go over a few ways that you can converse with God on a daily basis. Um, okay, so the first one is you can start by inviting God into your day. Uh, I don't know about you, but literally, it's probably because my alarm is on my phone, but I grab my phone and the next thing I know, I've checked my emails, checked my messages and looked at what my day is like, checked the weather, and then I get out of bed. But what does it look like to open our eyes 
and first thing, invite God into our day, where he's actually our first thought, our, our setup for the day. I think my day would actually go very differently if my first invitation, my first thought was the Lord. And so this can be as simple as waking up and just saying, God, would you lead my day today? God, what do you have for me today? Or God, I'm so thankful for today. Thank you that today it's going to be sunny. Thank you that today I have A, B, and C. Thank you that I get to wake up to the sound of little feet running into my room, whatever it is, but to actually invite him into the beginning of your day. The second part comes naturally, but this is to continue to invite him in to all the aspects of your life. God doesn't want to be a spectator. He's not that type of dad. He is not the type of dad that wants to watch your games from the sidelines. He wants to be there yelling from the sidelines, side coaching. He wants to be one of the coaches. And, you know, I think it can be so easy when we're self-sufficient. For some of you, you might be on, have been on your own for years. Maybe you're away at university. Maybe you've lived in an apartment on your own or you've been married for so long that you just go with the motions. But he wants to be invited and included in those things because he's our father in heaven. He's not someone distant. And I don't know about you, but my dad loves to be invited into my decisions, the things that I do, even even if he already knows the answer, sometimes he likes to just listen to me problem solve. And so I have learned to, as I've gotten older, I actually had to battle with the self-sufficiency and invite my earthly dad into some things. So even when I might know the answer, because I could Google it, sometimes I just ask him because I want his opinion. I want to know what he says. And sometimes actually his response is way better than a Google response. And so what does this look like? Well, it looks like before class begins, God, would you give me wisdom and discernment to hear what I need to hear today? Lord, would you bring clarity because I find this course to be really confusing. God, before I give, go into this meeting, I just ask that you would bring unity with me so that we could actually deal with this partnership well. Lord, would you help me as I'm about to discipline one of my kids? Lord, would you help me as I'm about to go on this date? Whatever it is, he wants to be invited in. And so that can be praying over, you know, the equipment you use when you're filming a video, or it can be praying over your classroom before your kids come in when school's open. There's so many things that we can invite them into our day. And the more we start to invite them in, the more it becomes second nature. I can tell you <laughs> that this is actually a second nature thing for me. And this goes to the next one, which is to actually pray when you hit a roadblock or an obstacle. So you invite them in in the morning, continue the conversation in the day, and then if you hit a roadblock or an obstacle, he is to be our first response. It actually, we're told in the word that, that we're actually to seek him first. This is James 5, 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. That's it. And so honestly, it's so second nature to me that sometimes I think people must wonder who I'm talking to. But if I lose something, if I lose my glasses, which happens on a regular basis, and I say this as I realize I am not wearing my glasses right now, <laughs> but if I lose them, my first thought is, Lord, where did I leave those glasses? And I keep the conversation as I go around the house. Lord, would you remind me what room I was in? Can you remind me what was I, what was I wearing? When was the last time I had them? And it's just second nature. Actually, one of the girls I work with said that she forgets that she does this so often that when she goes home or visits other people, people always wonder who she's talking to. She said, but I'm so used to conversing with him all the time. That's prayer. It's a conversation. And 
you know, sometimes I don't even know when my prayers end and when they started because I'm just always conversing with him. And when we look at it, look at it as a conversation rather than something as rigid and formulated, then often our prayer life can be even more like fruitful and also have more life to it. It doesn't have to be something that we like drudgingly go to and go, okay, Lord, here I am, you know, and, you know, work our way through. Is he your first lifeline when you come up against a roadblock? If you've never seen Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, that term will be pointless to you. But is he the first person you would call? Oh, I wish I could explain. Well, in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you'd like phone a friend or you could poll the audience. And so I think there was like a few other ones. And so is he the first person you contact? Is he the first person you ask? Or do you go to someone else? Do you go to your own, you know, do you rely on yourself more than you rely on him? And then lastly, close your day with him. Honestly, I'm not, sometimes if you're one of those people that when your head hits the pillow, you're out, this might be a really short prayer time. I personally, because sometimes I'm awake for hours before I fall asleep. And sometimes it's just dialoguing about my day. Lord, why was that a hard interaction for me? Why did I feel so hurt when so-and-so said this? And I sit and sometimes I wait just for a response or I wait kind of to even think about it and go, actually, Lord, I think it was because this. It's just a real conversation at night. Um, and, and we're told actually to seek his face always. So that's just some practical of having some discipline so it becomes a regular thing in your day. Number two, prayer is going to the expert. Okay, this one makes me laugh a little bit, but um, you know, the other day I had to call someone on a friend's behalf because we needed some advice. So I went to this person because they were an expert in this area, got the advice and brought it back to my friend. When I got off the phone, I thought, oh, that is literally what prayer is. Prayer is seeing a friend in need or myself in need, going to the expert, bringing my case, getting some advice and going back to the party. And I know it sounds really simple, but that's because it is simple. Prayer is supposed to be simple. I think we've just made it difficult. And so I thought about what we do when we go to an expert. You know, whether we need medical advice, life advice, health advice. You know, if I need advice on cooking and I'm gonna go to my brother who is a chef, I'm gonna go and say, Connor, this is my issue. Every time I make chicken, it's really dry, okay? Uh, I don't know what to do. It tastes really gross to eat it. I need some solutions. Can you help me? And then I wait for his response. Then I have a choice of what to do with his response. I can apply it and no longer have dry chicken, or I can ignore it, which is often also our prayer life. And so I realized really quickly, wow, Lord, that's how simple it is when we're going on behalf of a friend or we're going on behalf of ourselves. I don't know how many of you do not enjoy praying for others. And that might be because like me in that circle, when the thought comes, you know, all the what ifs come rolling in. What if I don't hear from God? What if I say something stupid? What if I, I don't have the advice? And friends, we don't have the advice. We might have some life skills. We might have some verses that we've memorized, but there is one expert that we can go to. And so I want to really encourage you. I'm going to actually challenge you all over the next week, if you can, month, if you can, pray for at least one person and think of going to the expert. So Lord, I want to come to you today on behalf of my friend, blank. Lord, this is what she's struggling with. She's hurt or he's offended or, or he has this trauma. Lord, this is what's happened to him. 
And God, I don't know what to do, but you do. Lord, what do you have to say about that hurt? What do you have to say about that moment? And, you know, hearing from God and prayer go hand in hand. And I want to say for those of you that are listening and go, yeah, I'm good up until that last part where we have to wait on him. That's where the faith comes in. That's the faithful in prayer. It takes faith to pray because you have to have the faith that he's going to show up. And I want to say he doesn't always show up instantly. And that's okay because God isn't always instant. He's not a fast food God. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes you have to petition. Sometimes you have to fast. Sometimes you pray over and over for breakthrough. But he doesn't always speak the same way. For some of you, you might be praying for someone and then all of a sudden a scripture comes to mind. And you might say to that friend, you know, as I'm praying for you about bitterness, just a scripture comes to mind that says, don't let a bitter root, you know, grow up in, like grow inside you. And that person might go, oh my gosh, that's how I feel. Like bitterness has grown in me. You know, maybe that person, a song will come to mind that they love, a worship song, or maybe they'll get a picture or a vision. Maybe they'll have a dream later on in the week after you prayed for them. Or maybe just the thing you prayed will actually speak really to their heart. Don't limit the Lord because of your fear. He wants to speak to his children. He wants to speak to us. He doesn't want to be on the sidelines. And it actually tells us, this is Jeremiah 29, 12, right after my favorite verse of Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Psalm 145, 18 says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. That means he's close to us in prayer whether you feel it or not. Some of the most incredible moments of my Christian walk have been praying for somebody and inside going, oh Lord, I hope you show up. And he shows up bigger and better than I could have ever done. The words that he brought, the song that he brought, the picture he brought was better than any advice I could have given because he knows you and those people better than we do. He cares about every aspect. I want to show you this quick clip, and um, this is just from a television series called The Chosen, but um, there's a woman who in the series has actually seen Jesus heal the leper. And so this is the story of the man um, who's paralyzed on the mat and his friends lower him down through the roof. And now they've, you know, they've said that they haven't followed to the letter of everything biblically. They've actually brought stories to life and taken creative life license. But this woman in faith brings her friend to Jesus. And I think this is one of the most beautiful pictures of what prayer is. It's bringing our friends, it's bringing our broken lives to the feet of Jesus and saying, if you're willing, please, Jesus, would you heal? If you're willing, please, Jesus, would you speak? And so we're just going to cut to that clip. Jesus of Nazareth, I saw what you did to the leper on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leper. That's a rope! Put it back, man! If you are willing, Rabbi, I know you can do this. Jesus, 
you wanted. Get out your tablet at least. I don't know. No, I don't think so. He's got room in there? Yes. And you believe we're really here for this? Yes. Down. By whose authority do you teach? Answer me. If you are willing, Rabbi, you know you can't. Hey, I'm talking to you. By whom do you teach? Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you, and so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Love that clip. I think I've watched it about 10 times and it still gets to me. And it's that moment when Jesus looks at the woman and says that your faith is beautiful. And friends, that is a picture of prayer. It's, it's messy. It's not always perfect. It's humble. It's faith building and it's trusting that moment of bringing your beliefs and your hopes and your dreams and your needs and your desires to the feet of Jesus. Our third and final point before I wrap up is prayer keeps us humble. 
You know, prayer is coming back to the Lord to remind really ourselves that we need him. (laughs) I think often prayer is actually for our own benefit than even other people because we need to be reminded that he still works, that he is faithful, that we do need him, that even in our greatest, best efforts, we still fall short. It deals with any perfectionism we may or may not have and reminds us whose we are. Prayer also, you know, when we go to prayer, maybe for something that feels small or seemingly not important to other people, you know, that can be a really humble experience, having to bring maybe that prayer request forward to someone else. And it made me think of Jovi. And so for those of you who have never met her, Jovi is Nadia and Levi's um, youngest daughter. And the last time I saw her, she had this really cute little toy unicorn. And I was thinking about this unicorn and how much Jovi loves unicorns and how special this was to her. Now, if Jovi lost this unicorn, we might see it as insignificant or replaceable or small or not worth being upset about. But then I thought about Levi and I thought about the way he and Nadia really care for the things that are important to their kids, whether it's their art, their Lego building, the way that they cook, whatever it is. And I thought about this unicorn and Levi. And I would imagine that Levi would help Jovi look for that unicorn. He wouldn't berate her and say that it's foolish and to keep it to herself. But I bet he'd go looking. I bet that he might even take some time out of what he was doing to just go, oh, I'll go look for that unicorn. And that is not because Levi is a huge fan of (laughs) unicorns, but that is because Levi is a huge fan of Jovi. And our father is a huge fan of us, says he knows every hair on the top of our head. To me, that seems really foolish. But that means that he cares about every detail, everything about us, and he's always thinking about us. And so that means that he cares even for the things that might feel or look insignificant. And it can be really humbling to come to the Lord with something that we have a need for that might seem really easy for us or might have been something we were able to do before. But he is waiting to hear from you. He is waiting to speak with you. There is so much more we could talk about, but we'll just recap. Prayer takes discipline. It's going to the expert, and it humbles us. We all need to do it because we all need it. We all need community. We all need connections. But most of all, we all need to hear from our Father in heaven. So if you're listening today and you actually don't know what it would be like to pray or even connect with a God that cares for you, I would love to pray with you. Because like those scriptures says, he is near and he is waiting. And maybe he's never felt near to you, but we're gonna pray for you today. And so if you want, you can repeat after me at home. If you're watching, maybe with a small group of people, you guys could close your eyes all together for privacy sake and repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I want to know you. I want to hear from you, and I want to speak to you. Thank you for dying for me, and today I want to invite you to be Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, I want to start the conversation, and I want to know your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
And now I'm going to pray for those of you who maybe have the feeling in your stomach of like not at the thought of having to pray for somebody or put this into practice. And I'd love to pray for you. And so, Father, I want to thank you for the gift of prayer, the gift of being able to commune with you, to chat with you, to have um, like this intimate relationship where you know and care for the deep things of our heart. Lord, I pray for boldness and courage for those listening, that you would give them the faith to pray alongside their brothers and sisters in Christ in this week or month. Lord, even to be able to pray for a stranger in need. God, would you remind us that prayer is more than just a one-shot go. It takes discipline and practice. And the more we do it, the more it becomes just a natural part of our walk with you. Thank you that... Um, like that woman, all we have to do is bring our needs to you, bring our thanksgiving to you, bring our prayers to you. And you are there and you are willing. And so we just thank you, Jesus, that you are the God that still speaks, that still heals, that is alive in your name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, local family. And I look forward to hopefully getting to meet some of you in person. Have a great Sunday. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.